So we begin this morning with Romans 13. In just a moment, we're going to read a portion of it. But my first point is that biblical convictions start with the Bible. Remember, we're citizens of heaven living on earth. We don't draw our convictions from the earth. We draw them from the Bible to see what the God of heaven expects from us. And so our starting place for biblical convictions as it pertains to society is in Paul's amazing presentation in Romans 13. Whenever you think about living in the culture, the political climate, wherever you are in the world, whatever administration or political group you're under, it always goes back to Romans 13. As Paul sat down to write perhaps the clearest words to frame the biblical convictions of a citizen of heaven living on earth, Paul was most likely sitting in the city of Corinth. Now, your study Bible will probably note that, but, but if you look at the chronology of Paul's life and where he wrote the different epistles, when he wrote Romans, he was probably at the church in Corinth. And as he sat there, he looked down across a city that must have grieved his soul. Paul lived, in fact, when we take tours over there, they show you the shop of Paul. Most likely it was there because all the leather working guild stayed in the same area. Just like in cities, a lot of times certain uh, types of industry are together. In Corinth, all the leather workers were on one street. And amazingly, that street faced the public arena and athletic fields. And so as Paul sat there, probably at that very spot, he lived around gymnasiums. The gymnasiums of the Greco-Roman culture of the first century were filled with nude men who were wrestling, boxing, and sprinting with no clothing on. That was Greek culture. You ever go to a museum and see a Greek statue and you go, whoa, no clothes? That isn't just for you. That is how it was done back then. They believed in having no encumbrances. So in the distance, seeing the men and women going into the bathhouses, the brothels, heading up the trail to the shrine prostitutes atop the Acrocorinthus, the tall uh, mountain that was towering over Corinth where there was a temple, that whole sight must have grieved his spirit-filled heart just as it grieved the Lord he served. Just a couple of days away by ship from Corinth was the center of the earth in Paul's day to which he was writing, the city of Rome. Swarming with soldiers, citizens, slaves, and commercialism, Rome reigned over nearly the entire known world of Paul's day. So Paul was writing in the 13th chapter how Christians were to live in the world of the New Testament. Now always think about that. Think about the primary interpretation of the scripture is what was the intent as it was written, inspired by God, to that original recipient. This group of people, the believers that received this letter you're looking at right now, Romans 13, were especially in the capital city of the empire, Rome. Rome was rife with homosexuality, with abortions, with gambling, with infanticide, with slavery. The poor were oppressed, egalitarianism reigned, and every form of the occult was promoted and surrounded those people. So Paul sat down to write to that very city where saints had to live and work and vote in that climate He writes them seven verses that summarize their responsibilities of citizenship on earth. Now, lest you say, oh, wait a minute, that isn't America. They didn't have the the privilege to vote. They had an emperor. No, no. Even though they had an emperor, 
We often forget that the Roman world had much citizen involvement. There was a long history of Rome in Rome of elected bodies that variously guided counsel and at times legislated the Roman world. Although there was an emperor who ruled, there was still much about daily life that was determined by a very advanced and regulated representative government. In fact, if you looked up in the Encyclopedia Britannica today, the first century Roman government, I just clipped out of the encyclopedia this note. Some of the arenas of power during the various eras of Roman life were the Centuriate Committee, the Committee of the Tribal Peoples, the Council of the People, and the most enduring and powerful, the Roman Senate. All of these had, in various parts, representative government through which elected officials, elected by citizens, were brought to power. So in this advanced and thriving world of nearly worldwide power, what were Paul's instructions? They're written down in Romans 13. And this passage has long been regarded as the ultimate statement of the biblical responsibilities of a Christian and their relationship to whatever government they might be under. Romans 13, let's read together the first seven verses. Let's listen to the voice of God, breathed out by his spirit, recorded by the Apostle Paul. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. The word subject, which you're going to hear me mentioning often this morning. Hupotasso means to line up behind. So line up behind whatever government you find yourself in. The American government, uh, if you were in, over in the Soviet Union in the old days, the Soviet government, if you were in the communist government of China today, the communist government, if you were in the Hindu government of India, the, the Hindu Indian government, whatever government, line up behind the governing authorities. Continuing to read the Bible, verse 1. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Verse 2, therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Verse 5, therefore you must be subject, hupotasso, line up behind, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. 